The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in. This is Joshua Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International coming at you from here in San Antonio, Texas. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. We've been talking a lot at Freedom Fellowship Church about how God really wants to bring a supernatural move of God, the likes of which the world has never seen. And he's been telling us this, and he's been preparing us. And I think it's time that we begin to take God at his word. That when he says that he wants to bring revival to America, that he says when he wants to transform the artsy entertainment industries, the business sectors, education sectors, we should be of the mind that we are going to believe God in everything that he says. Because what God is giving all of us, including those of you that are listening to the sound of my voice, he's giving us the opportunity to be a part of this supernatural move, to really transform the nations for Christ. And let me tell you, as this begins to manifest, the ripple effects that come out from this, they are going to affect generations to come. That people, years and years from now, they are still going to be feeling the effect of our obedience. You know, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like a man who discovered a treasure that was hidden in a field. And in his joy, he went out and sold everything that he had to buy that field in order to get that treasure. He said in the same way, it's like a man who finds a pearl of great price, of great value, and he sells everything he has to get that pearl. Why is the kingdom of heaven like this? It's because those who truly believe God, those who truly follow after him, when they see God present an opportunity to them, that becomes the most valuable thing in their life. The people who are going to partake in this move of God, they are going to be people with the attitude like this man. When God shows up and he opens a door of opportunity, that becomes the biggest priority in their life, the most important thing in their life. And the truth is, is that anything that God has for us, it is far, far more valuable than anything in our own world. Okay, And those that do not see the value of God's calling, those are the ones who are just going to be bystanders. They're just going to be spectators witnessing God's move, but not actually being active participants in it. And so the first thing that we need to recognize is that any kind of directions, any kind of instructions that God has given you should now become the number one priority. Because that is how you will manifest your destiny. Amen. In 1 Kings chapter 19, starting with verse 19, and I'm reading this in the NIV version. It says, So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. 
Now, this is important because this is just after God had told Elijah that he had found somebody that Elisha was going to be his successor. So now he's going there to meet Elisha and call him to follow him. So Elijah went there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. So he had 24 oxen in all. Okay, that's a lot of oxen. Okay. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my mother and father goodbye, he said, and then I will come with you. Okay. And so what Elijah does is he leaves. Then he takes his yoke of oxen and he slaughtered them. Then he burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. Then he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. So this is really important because Elisha, he had an entire livelihood here. Okay, He had a field to plow. He had 12 yoke of oxen, two each. Okay, So he was certainly well off enough to make a living. But when Elijah showed up and he threw his cloak around him, right, and he was signifying, look, my mantle is going to pass on to you, that became the most valuable thing in Elisha's life. And he said, okay, let me just say goodbye. And what did he do? He slaughtered his oxen and fed it to the village and he burned his plowing equipment, right? He said, God, if this is your plan, I'm going all in on your plan, right? All of this other stuff, it doesn't matter. Okay, And because of that, we can see just how passionate Elijah was, right? Elijah was not somebody who took the calling of God lightly. And we should be the same, okay? When God calls you, if he gives you any kind of direction, that becomes the most valuable thing in your life. Because that's where your supernatural destiny is going to manifest. And what happens for so many Christians... His God will call us, and he intends to give you so many wonderful blessings, right? But there's those little things that we can't let go of, that you don't want to surrender to God, that you don't want to give up because you're too afraid to trust God with it. You see, what does that show? It shows unbelief, right? God, I'm going to give it all to you except for this little thing, right? I, I don't trust you with this, right? This is my thing, okay? You're telling God that you don't trust him. When you do that. But understand those that are going to partake in the transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence, these are people that are going to transform the world for generations to come. They are going to be people like Elisha. When God comes in, right, even when it's inconvenient, he comes in and they make whatever it is that God tells them the priority. Don't take the calling of God lightly. We need to take it very seriously, especially in this season. It was not convenient for Elisha to give up all of his livelihood like that, right? But he made it clear to God, this is my priority, okay? And I guarantee you all those oxen weren't cheap, right? You could make all of your livelihood and probably take care of all your family and generations with what Elisha had there. But he was willing to give it up because he saw the calling of God as more valuable. Now, the interesting thing is that Elisha, God even revealed to him when he was going to take away Elijah, his master. And something that happens is that Elijah, 
he kind of tests Elisha, where he kind of tries to send him away. Oh, go off on this way. Go off on this way, right? He actually tries to become a stumbling block for him to see if he's going to pursue it passionately or if he's going to let it slip through his fingers. And you might think, well, why would Elijah do something like that? That's kind of not fair. But there's an important proving ground that we need to go through where when we're tested, are we going to let go of what God has given us? Are we going to make sure to hold on to it? You see, in 2 Kings chapter 2, and I'm reading in the NIV version, it says, When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. You see, Elijah's trying to send him away, but he says, No, I'm going to stay by your side. Why? Because he knew that God was going to take him up and that the mantle was supposed to pass on to him. So he made a determination in his heart that he's not going to miss any of these things, right? He's not going to miss it. He's not going to miss any opportunity. He's going to be there in the smacking center of the move of God. That is something that he determined in his heart that he was not going to let pass him by. Now in verse 3, it says, The company of prophets at Bethel came down to Elisha and asked, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master from you today? Yes, I know, Elisha replied, so be quiet. Do You see, Elisha already knows. Then Elisha said, Stay here, Elisha. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he replied, As surely as the Lord lives, and as you live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho together. The same thing, Elijah is trying to put stumbling blocks to see. It's a, he has to try his faith to ensure that he can take on the responsibility that God has for him. You need to be trustworthy to God. You need to prove to God that you can take on the responsibilities that he has for you. Because understand, when the transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence comes in, that you are going to be handed influence that can transform nations, that can transform entire industries, okay? Because when you look in the world right now, all the influence is being held by the world, by unbelievers. You look at these huge multinational banks, you look at these huge billion dollar corporations where they can influence legal policy. They can influence lawmakers to make laws that favor them. And how have they been using their influence? They've been leading people away from God and towards wickedness. This is the reason why God is manifesting the transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence to those that are faithful. Because what God wants to manifest on the earth is that his glory is going to manifest in this nation. It's going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And that can't happen until the body of Christ is in authority. Because when the body of Christ is in authority, we can transform culture to become like Christ's culture. Okay, And when that happens, then God is going to be revered everywhere. He's going to be respected everywhere, honored and praised all throughout the land. And when that happens, his glory is going to manifest, guys. Okay, This is why this needs to happen, right? But our faith has to be proven. 
And our obedience has to be proven before God can give it to you. Okay? So here, Elijah is proving Elisha. Right? He keeps saying, hey, go over this way. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Are you going to take a hold of what God has for you and make sure never to let it go? So then it says, the company of prophets at Jericho went up to Elisha and asked him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Yes, I know, he replied. Quiet. So then Elijah said to him, stay here. The Lord has sent me to the Jordan. All right. And it's the same thing, right? I'm not going to leave you, Elisha. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to make sure to stay right by your side because you can be taken up at any moment and I'm not going to miss this. And then as they went to the Jordan, it says 50 men from the company of prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and to the left and the two of them crossed on dry ground. And I want you to notice these three company of prophets, they all received the same prophetic word that Elijah received, that Elijah was going to be taken up to heaven. They all received the same prophetic word, but Elijah is the only one who's actually acting on it. I mean, if I knew that somebody was going to be taken up into heaven, I'd want to be there and I'd want to witness it, right? But here, these 50 company of prophets, they're just standing at a distance. Oh, let's see what happens right? Oh, let's see what happens, right? We'll let somebody else act out their faith. I'm just going to watch on the sidelines, okay? The move of God is not going to manifest to those that are satisfied with being spectators. And that's what happens here. So when they crossed the Jordan, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha says, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. Man, that is such a bold ask. You can just see how bold Elisha is, right? But we've seen now throughout the story, he is the kind of person that is not going to let go of an opportunity that God opens up to him. So in verse 10, it says, you have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said. Yet, if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. And you can see here, this is why Elijah was testing the faith of Elisha. Because he knew that he was about to inherit enormous anointing, but also enormous responsibility. And he needed to ensure that Elisha was not going to let go but he was going to walk his faith. And so, we know after this story, what happens, it says, as they were walking, suddenly a chariot of fire appears. It takes Elijah up into heaven. And then Elisha, who saw this, he cried out, my father, my father, the chariots and the horsemen of Israel. Then Elisha saw him no more, and he took a hold of his garment and tore it in two. And the reason why Elisha said this is because he knew and he recognized that a single prophet of God was far more powerful and far more important than even the chariots and the horsemen and the armies of Israel. And we see that this manifests later. I mean, entire armies are sent to capture Elisha, and Elisha blinds the entire army, okay? A single prophet of God can transform the nations, okay? And that's the reason why he says that. 
Now this is something that's amazing. So they crossed over the Jordan and the water split, right? So then on the way back, it says that Elijah then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord God of Elijah? He asked. And when he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. You see, an instant manifestation of the anointing. Instantly, right? He said, hey, I saw Elijah do this, right? So if I received a double portion of his anointing, then I should be able to do this as well, right? He's immediately putting his faith into action. That is something that is so amazing. And meanwhile... All of these other prophets, they just stood on the sidelines, even though they received the same prophetic word that Elijah received. They stood on the sidelines. And, you know, you might be thinking, well, well, they weren't invited to go with them, right? They weren't invited to witness this. But you need to remember in the story, Elijah was trying to shoo away Elijah the whole time. He was saying, hey, stay here, right? He was giving him instructions. Stay here. I'm going to go over there, right? But you see, Elijah wasn't going to settle for that. He said, no, I know you're going to be taken up today, and I'm not going to miss a single opportunity that God has for me. You see, these other prophets could have had the same attitude, and maybe God also would have used them mightily. But we know why they didn't act on the word that God gave them. Because they didn't believe. And I will show this to you. It says in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 15, The company of prophets from Jericho who are watching said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed on the ground before him. And remember, this is one of the companies of prophets that gave him the prophetic word, right? Elijah is going to be taken away from you. Verse 16, look, they said, we, your servants, have 50 able men. Let them go and look for your master. Perhaps the spirit of the Lord has picked him up and set him down on a mountain or in some valley. No, Elijah replied, do not send them. Why would they be suggesting something like this? When God already gave them a prophetic word that Elijah was going to be taken up into heaven, why would they suggest something like this? Verse 17, but they persisted until he was too embarrassed to refuse. So he said, send them. And they sent 50 men who searched for three days, but did not find him. When they returned to Elijah, who was staying in Jericho, he said to them, didn't I tell you not to go? And this is something that's very important, guys, because many Christians are content to show off, oh, look at what God told me. Look at this vision I got from God. But they never act on it. In fact, many Christians even go a step worse than that. Many even become stumbling blocks for those who actually believe and are actually trying to act on the instructions that God gave them. It's, oh, are you sure God told you that? Oh, maybe you should double check with this guy because he's an expert in this field, right? Maybe you should double check with the doctor concerning this. You know, are you sure God healed you? They're content to, oh, look at how anointed I am. I got this vision from God. God told me this. Did you know that God's going to do this in your life? But they never put their faith in action. They're content to be spectators. And that is exactly what happened with these companies of prophets. And I want you to notice they bowed down to Elisha. 
And what's going to happen is that those who are content to be spectators are going to be led by those that are actually willing to follow and obey God. And not only that, they're going to become the servants of those that are willing to obey and follow God. And this is what we have to understand. When God gives you a direction, that should override anybody else's opinion, anybody else's advice, anybody else's instructions, including the advice and instructions from other Christians. God's word has to be the number one priority. And that is the only way that you will participate in this mighty move of God, because God surely intends to transform this nation and all of the other nations. He's made a promise that if the church would follow and obey him, we will see the most righteous government this nation has ever seen in its history. And that is such a bold a miraculous thing to claim, but it is exactly the kind of thing that God is able to do and is able to promise. Later on, Elisha, he encounters a city that has been sieged, and there's such a severe famine that women are cooking and eating their own children. And Elisha goes before the king, and he says, by this time tomorrow, a sea of flour will sell for a shekel of silver. That is an impossible task. I mean, you're talking about an economic situation that is so dire and so severe that people are resorting to cannibalism, even amongst their own family members. So because of this, the guy who's at the right hand of the king, he laughs and scoffs. And he says, even if God were to open up the heavens... Such a thing could not manifest. And Elisha said to him, he said, You will see the manifestation of these things with your own eyes, but you will not partake of it. And what happened? Within 24 hours, God completely reversed and transformed the economic situation of a nation. He completely reversed an impossible, desperate, desolate situation and turned it around in one day. This is the kind of God that we serve, guys. So when God says that he wants to transform this nation and that the greatest days of the United States of America are ahead of us, they're not behind us, they're ahead of us, and that we're going to see the most righteous government we've ever seen, even greater than at its founding, let us be people that will take God at his word. Amen. Because it says in James chapter 1, verse 22, But... Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Let us be, in this season, people who are doers of the word and not just hearers. Do not be satisfied with being a spectator. And sometimes God will come in, quiet voice, right? The next time the Holy Spirit taps you on the shoulder and says, Hey, this is an instruction that I have given to you now. This is a word that I am giving to you now. Make that your number one priority because it is far, far more valuable than anything in your life. And trust me, those things in your life that you care about, even those things that are so dear to your heart, believe me, you can trust God with them because he loves you 
far more than you can ever imagine, and he only has your best interest at heart. So trust him in everything, and I promise you, you will truly experience the miraculous and the abundant supernatural lifestyle that God has for you. And not only that, you are going to partake in transforming the nations for his glory and for the sake of future generations. And that is truly something that is exciting and that is worthwhile. It's a worthwhile reason to live. But I am out of time for this week. So remember, whatever God directs you to do, that is your number one priority. That is your precious treasure that you should hold on to no matter what. As always, my name is Joshua Sasso, and you have been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630. Or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S-O-G-M-I dot org. That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this broadcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to SOGMI.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box 1579, Helotus, Texas 78023. Again, that is P.O. Box 1579, Helotus, Texas 78023.